struggle so much with other people is because they feel superior to other people because of all these different reasons my achievements my experience my voting record or my lack of voting record this thing or that thing there's so many ways that we have an elevated view of ourselves and so if you want to check yourself before you wreck yourself the first thing that each one of us needs to do is we need to avoid any sort of feelings of superiority over somebody else Have you ever been in a situation where you feel superior to someone? It could be because of their background, their religion, or their current circumstances. Sometimes you may get the impression that you're better than they are. The Bible calls that self-righteousness and warns you to not allow it to take root. Pastor Daniel today will encourage you to remember that you're not perfect either. There's plenty that God's still working on. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Romans chapter 2 as he begins his message. Check yourself. So many of you who might remember this song from uh, 1993. It was a song by an artist named Ice Cube. And the song was a hit. It was called Check Yourself. Everybody remember that song? Now listen, I'm not recommending the song. It's been a long time since I heard it. And for many of you, you don't realize that a long time before Ice Cube was a great actor on TV and all these movies, he was like a rapper. But really the line of the song that made me think of this was this idea that you need to check yourself. Who remembers the next line? Before you wreck yourself. There you go. All you children of the 90s know what it is, you know. Now listen, long before Ice Cube coined the fact that you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself, that stuff is in your Bible, you realize that. And and we're going to talk about that today because because really the idea is that you have to be aware of where you are. And if you're not making sure that you are self-reflective, that you're checking yourself, oftentimes we can continue on into things and make decisions that actually get us into a lot of trouble. Now, I saw this in a really beautiful way uh, just recently. You know, Lynn and myself and our kids, we took a little time away and we went down uh, to the Bay Area. Lynn was from there and we moved up here to the Northwest from the Bay Area. And so we were down there and we were sitting on the beach. And it was just a beautiful day on the beach, like 70 degree weather. The sun is out and we're just having a great time. And, and as we're just kind of goofing off, making sandcastles, throwing a football around. And then, you know, we just spend some time just be chilling. And all of a sudden, we saw these two guys who just didn't look like they belonged on the beach at that time. You know, like if you had like a whole thing like, what doesn't belong in this picture? Like when you're doing to try and make sure you're not like a bot on a thing. These two guys would have been picked. Because one guy was wearing like camo pants with like a tie-dyed shirt. And he was wearing like Timberland boots. Like really like light brown boots. He was carrying a tripod and a camera. And then this other guy was literally wearing the nicest black pinstripe suit you ever did see. And not like I bought it at Goodwill because I needed a suit, but like a serious suit. Like perfect, like, you know, I don't know anything about suits, but I know that this was a serious suit, you know? And he was wearing like serious shoes and he was just walking on the beach. And I'm just like looking at them, like, look at that guy right there. And Obadiah's like, man, what's that guy doing? I'm like, I don't know. We're going to find out, you know? And so, so they end up walking and they're like looking around. And ultimately these guys stopped 
you know, and I'm like, oh, they're doing like a photo shoot. And the, guy, the guy's holding like a bag and he's holding the bag in such a way that, you know, it's like they're probably doing a photo shoot for the bag. But the guy is like the background for the bag, you know what I mean? And so the whole day, though, because of the time of year was the surf was really rough. You know what I mean? And so we're noticing this, and me and Lynn keep moving back off of the shoreline and all this stuff. And so sure enough, as they're about to get do this photo shoot, all of a sudden this guy in the black pinstripe suit with the nice shoes, looking all dapper, totally inappropriate beach wear, he takes out these green sunglasses. Like Now, we're like 200 yards away, but you can tell they're green-tinted sunglasses, and he's holding the bag, and he's like this. You know? So he's totally posing, and then all of a sudden, Obadiah looks over at me, my 13-year-old, and he says, Dad, wouldn't it be awesome if that dude got hit by a wave? <laughs> and I'm like, bro, that would be awesome, Obadiah. I'm like, that would be really fun. We start joking about it. We start, And because the surf is rough, you know, we're just noticing all this stuff, and then before you know it, I hear Obadiah, he's praying in the King James language. He's like, oh, Lord, if it be thou will, will, will you bring a great wave and hit that dude, you know? Now, what's funny about it is he wasn't praying like, Dad, join me and pray. You know, it's like he's just praying, but he's praying out loud. And I'm, no, and I'm like, I'm totally impressed, first, that he's praying. Second, that he's using King James language, you know. And I didn't even want to get into the, the theology of, you know, buddy, you probably shouldn't pray that this dude gets wiped out to sea, you know, like, you know, shipwreck style. But like, I just thought it was really funny. And, it, and I looked at Obadiah. I'm like, Obadiah, you know that Jesus answers prayer. He's like, I know. <laughs> you know? And so we're like watching this whole thing unfold. And sure enough, like, no, 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 listen. It wasn't like, because I didn't want to get like a big tsunami come. And then like, we all get wiped off the beach. And like, I want that. But like the idea of this guy all decked out, like getting totally drenched was pretty awesome. <laughs> you know? And so sure enough... All of a sudden, this big wave comes, and we watch this guy in the suit. He ran so fast. He didn't get hit, by the way, but he came really, really close. But it was just a great reminder that you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to be decked out on the beach, like, looking like you're going to a photo shoot, you don't want to take that picture too close to the water. You know, because literally, that dude ran so fast. I don't even think he got any wet anywhere. But it was just, it was a great reminder. Because think about it. We all have to make sure that we're aware of who we are and where we are and why we are the places that we are, right? And it's true for all of us. Now, I want to share with you today a message that I'm calling Check Yourself. And I realize that here at Crossroads, given who we are as a church, everybody here is in a different step of your faith journey. Now, I believe that's true in every church. Like, everybody isn't homogenized into one spot, But I think it's even more uniquely that way here at Crossroads because we have people here at Crossroads who've been literally walking with Jesus for almost a century. Like people who grew up walking with Jesus, they're in their late 90s. So they've been literally following Jesus for a 100 years, right? And then there's others of you who are here right now who you, you wouldn't consider yourself a follower of Jesus, but you're kind of interested. And so you realize that from someone who's been literally walking with Jesus since before, not only cell phones, but phones in general... To, to right now, and then within that, depending on how long you've been walking with Jesus, the seriousness that you're taking that walk, the time that you're spending in prayer. So everyone's on a different step. But today's one of those messages that no matter where you find yourself, it's going to be universally applicable to you, if you're willing to go there. Now, I say if you're willing to go there, because I'm also been, I've been around long enough to realize that for a lot of us, we're just not willing to go certain places. 
You know, and so my hope is that if you're one of those people, you're like, yeah, I don't really know if I want to go there today. Well, that maybe you'll just, you'll, you'll, you know, get a little in the water just a little bit with me. But what I also love about the Bible is that the Bible speaks universally to everyone, but it also has times where it kind of dials us in into specific areas where there's specific things that the Bible wants to get at. And we're going to see that today. So in order to, to break this open, I want you to open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 2. We're going to be taking verses 17 to 29. So Romans 2, 17 to 29. If you have a smart device, you can open that thing up and open up your favorite browser window. Put in Romans 2, colon, 17 to 29, and you can read along. I want you to read along, because oftentimes, you know, if you don't read along, you'll be like, well, where's that guy getting that thing from? Well, I'm going to show you where I'm getting it from, so you can read along. And so I'll get you there. If you're new to the Bible, don't worry about it. I know many of you are. It's pretty easy to find the book of Romans, because your Bible is divided into two parts, but really the first two-thirds of your Bible is what they call the Old Testament, from the book of Genesis to the book of Malachi. It's everything from the creation of everything except for God all the way to a few hundred years before Jesus. Now, the last third of your Bible is what we call the New Testament. And it tells the story of Jesus. And the book of Romans is literally the sixth book in the New Testament. You get the four Gospels, the stories of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You get the book of Acts. And then you get Paul's letters. And Romans is the very first one of those letters. So Romans chapter 2. And to put it in context, Romans, the end of Romans 1 tells us all that's wrong with humanity. All that's wrong with the world. Right? And really what we find is it's unrighteousness and ungodliness. That's what we find, these two things. I like to say that the problem is, is that all of us live upward, inward, and outward. We have a relationship with God that's upward. Because of how we see God, we have a relationship with ourselves, which we call our identity. Right? And then your understanding of God and your relationship with God, and then the way you see yourself actually drives the way you treat everyone else, which is ethics or how you live in the world. Now, in the greatest commandment, Jesus said you're supposed to love God, and then you love your neighbor as you love yourself. So love is supposed to be the overriding ethic. But... It also works in a negative way as well, because in a culture where you don't want to honor God, then you have a a false view of God, which gives you a false view of yourself. So your false view of God leads to a broken identity, and a false view of God and a broken identity leads to a terrible way that you treat other people. And what I would tell you is that everything in life, you can break down in an upward, inward, and outward problem. You have to dissect which, where is the brokenness, but it's always upward that leads inward that leads outward. And you can do that for everything in life. That's why it's the greatest commandment. That's why we talk about it so much, right? So you have people who are, have a broken view of God. It breaks their view of themselves and it messes up the way they treat other people. But then there's a group of people who maybe they're not living out all the ungodliness and unrighteousness of Romans 1 because either in that culture they were Jewish and so they were following the law or even though they didn't believe in the God of the Bible, they had a strong moral compass. They had a strong sense of justice. So they didn't do all those things because they knew that they were wrong. But the problem is, is in that kind of culture, those people can begin judging everybody else. I can't believe they're like that. Now, it does not sound like the day and age in which we live, right? Everyone's got hysteria. Everyone's hysterical about everything that the ways that people are not like them, right? That's how people are freaking out, right? And so now Paul is now continuing the thought here in the middle of Romans chapter two. So we'll pick it up in verse 17. It says this, Indeed, you are called a Jew, and you rest on the law, and you make your boast in God, and you know his will, and you approve the things that are excellent being instructed out of the law, and are confident that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, having the form of knowledge and truth in the law. You, therefore, who teach another, do you not teach yourself? You who preach that a man should not steal, do you steal? 
You who say, do not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who make your boast in the law, do you dishonor God through your breaking of the law? For the name of God is blasphemed amongst the Gentiles because of you, as it is written. Now, I realize that when the Apostle Paul begins in verse 17, and says, indeed, you are called a Jew. That reads very terse in our language. Now, you realize that the Apostle Paul was Jewish. So really what the Apostle Paul is doing is he's focusing in now on the children of Israel, the people who are just like him. And really what Paul is going to begin to do is he's going to begin to deconstruct the mistakes that he made himself. In all of Paul's writing, you found that Paul's boast was in the fact that he was Jewish, that he followed the law, that he was a Pharisee. And so he's talking now to a specific group of people who now have received the gifts that God has given them, but now those gifts have now taken a turn to be kind of deformed within their heart. Now, so if you want to check yourself, the first step here is that you and I need to learn how to avoid self-righteousness. You need to avoid self-righteousness. And really what we find here in this text is that for the Jewish person, the gifts that they had received as being Jewish, as being a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as it relates to the law, it's a great gift that they've received, but along the way, this gift now all of a sudden becomes an identity prop, where they begin to look down on other people because of the gift that they've been given. And that's where it becomes a problem. And what's amazing is, is it's a kind of a quite a timely thing because for most people today, the reason that people struggle so much with other people is because they feel superior to other people. Because of all these different reasons, my achievements, my experience, my voting record or my lack of voting record, this thing or that thing. There's so many ways that we have an elevated view of ourselves. And so if you want to check yourself before you wreck yourself, the first thing that each one of us needs to do is we need to avoid any sort of feelings of superiority over somebody else. Look at how Paul gets at it for the Jewish person. He says, look, indeed, you are called a Jew and you rest in the law. So because you're Jewish, now you find your rest in the law of Moses that God had given to the children of Israel at Mount Sinai. And you make your boast in God. Because you have the law, you're like, man, the children of Israel are God's people. And God has chosen us to give us the law. And not only that, because you have the law, it says in verse 18, you know God's will. And you approve the things that are excellent. See, you know what God's will is because God's word tells you what his will is. It's kind of like a honeydew list, right? You know the will of your spouse because you got it on the list, right? Same thing with God's law. You know what God wants and you can approve the things that God has that are excellent because they're in the law. And not only that, you're being instructed out of the law. And because of that, verse 19 tells us that you are confident that you yourself are a guide to those who can't see. You are a light to those who are in darkness. You're instructor to the foolish, A teacher of babes. See, really what he's saying is because of this great gift you've been given, there's so much that you have to offer. For those who don't understand, you can explain it. To those who are in darkness, you can show them light. But the problem is, is that for these folks, they began to look down on other people. They began to judge them. They began to feel superior to them. Now, to localize this in the day and age in which we live, this is very common within the church, isn't it? Where because you've been born again by Jesus, you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, and you've been walking with Jesus for a while, and God begins to do a work in your life, and all these things that you used to do, 
You don't do anymore. And then all of a sudden you start looking at other people and being like, oh man, I can't believe they're like that. Right? And you begin to feel some sort of an elevated view of yourself. And you, and you begin to talk down on people. And the problem with self-righteousness is it undercuts the ability for us to deepen in a relationship because we feel superior to somebody. And here's the thing. You know what the problem with self-righteousness is? You actually don't have any righteousness in and of yourself. The Bible teaches that the only righteousness, complete rightness that we have is a gift that's given to us by Jesus. Our righteousness is a alien righteousness, not alien like alien and predator, but like it's outside of us that God has gifted to us when we put our faith in Jesus. And any rightness that you and I now live in Christ is a byproduct of the gift of righteousness we've been given. So the problem with self-righteousness is you begin to think to somebody, yeah, I, I can't have anything to do with them. They're so messed up. And the problem is, is that undercuts the ability to have a relationship, which is exactly what the Apostle Paul saw in his own heart for the people who want to look down at other people. So you got to ask yourself, are you looking down on anybody because of your perceived self-righteousness? See, remember I told you a brokenness in worship leads to a brokenness in identity? Really, anything that you feel superior to somebody else, it shows that you are leaning on for identity something other than Jesus because Jesus the only truly righteous person had no problem being with people who were nothing like him the tax collectors and the sinners loved to spend time with Jesus and he was neither of those things the word became flesh and dwelt among us but so often people have a hard time I can't be around people who vote differently than I do I can't be around somebody who would do that thing or that thing and my friends guess what That's self-righteousness. And if you want to check yourself before you wreck yourself, you got to avoid self-righteousness. See, what's amazing about this, and Satan's smart. He takes something that's a gift from God that you actually received as a gift, but then along the way he turns it in your heart where now all of a sudden you feel better than other people. And the problem with that is it undercuts the ability for the relationship that God wants to have. See, you have people in your world because God loves them. You're a missionary everywhere that you are. But when you are self-righteous, now you're not willing to go there because you look down on them and they know that you look down on them. I remember one of the very, when I was putting my faith and trust in Jesus, one of the, I only knew a few Christians and one of them was one of the most mean-spirited people I'd ever met. And I remember that person was like an obstacle course for me to get to Jesus because I'm like, I don't want to be like that person. And here's the question is, is some of us could be that person for somebody else right now. So you have to avoid self-righteousness. Listen to how Jeremiah said it. Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. Jeremiah says it this way. He says, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let he who glories glory in this. That he understands and knows me that I am the Lord. Exercising loving kindness and judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. Now you hear what he's saying here? He's saying, look, if you're wise, don't glory in your wisdom. If you're strong, don't glory in your might. If you are wealthy, don't glory in the riches. But what should you glory in? You should glory in the fact that you know and understand me, which guess what is a gift of God? Because I am the Lord. See, really, self-righteousness comes whenever you build your identity on something other than Jesus. 
Because a false view of God leads to a false identity. And listen, all of us are apt to build our identity on things. And whatever you build your identity on, then you begin to look down on people. Now, within the church, this happens in all different ways. What I have found oftentimes is that the things that we used to do that we don't do any longer, we always end up judging the people who do those things. Right? It's kind of like, remember blind Bartimaeus? It's like him judging every blind person he ever meets. As if he did anything to make himself see. Right? So oftentimes we judge people who are committing the same mistakes that we've made historically. Or, of course, one of the ways Satan loves to do it is with theological understanding. It's like if you, someone doesn't hold your theology, you're like, oh, I'm so theologically well-read. Now, don't get me wrong. I like theology like the next guy. I love reading theology. But when your theology puffs you up in your mind, you know that you got a false identity. <laughs> Right? I've never met, you get to heaven, and God's like, did you go to seminary? Did you read all of Calvin's institutes? No. No. But that's what happens sometimes. But you got to ask yourself, how are you doing avoiding identity props that aren't Jesus? Because I'm here to tell you, any progress that you've made, if you're walking with Jesus, even though you don't do the things you used to do, you realize the only reason you don't do that is because of the sheer grace of God. And you can't look at someone else and look down upon them and judge them as if you sit in a special vantage point because of how good that you are, right? So we have to make sure that we avoid self-righteousness. See, now like, look at what goes on here, because as you move from there, you know, this gift now turns into this ability to teach and to have influence and to be a wise person in the midst of foolishness and to teach people who are younger than you and because you have a form of knowledge and the truth of the law. Verse 21, you therefore who teach another, do you not teach yourself? You who preach that a man should not steal, do you steal? You who say, do not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who make your boast in the law, do you dishonor God through breaking the law? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, as it is written. So after you check yourself by making sure you're avoiding self-righteousness, the next way you check yourself is to walk your talk. You got to walk your talk. See, what's going on here is the Apostle Paul is unpacking for someone just like him that although he was Jewish, and although he had the law, and although he saw himself as a teacher, his problem, like everyone else's, is that he actually wasn't walking out the very truths that he believed in. That there was hypocrisy in his heart. And the thing is, is for all of us, I've never once met somebody who's actually fully walking out in totality what they actually value. Not one time. Right, And so really what you want to do is you want to say, Lord, how am I not walking the testimony that I hold? Jesus is real. Before you jump into sharing the word of God with others, Pastor Daniel reminded you today that you really need to check on yourself. There's a standard of living that followers of Jesus need to apply to their lives so that what you're saying matches what you're doing. Your witness to others isn't just in what you say, it's also in how you live. Take some time to do a heart check today. Let Jesus adjust the areas that need it. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram have become a regular part of our everyday lives. And we want to be sure to encourage you to check out Pastor Daniel's Facebook page, Twitter feed, and Instagram. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow the links. Pastor Daniel shares two-minute video messages throughout the week on his Facebook page. 
Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow Pastor Daniel. Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus Is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com, click on the Stations option in the main menu, and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel continues to give you areas of your life that might need to be checked. One area is self-righteousness. Are you elevating yourself above others in order to show them that you have it all together? Jesus redeemed you, and you still need him each and every day to continually forgive your sins. Let your testimony be filled with humility, grace, and love for others. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series, Life Intention. Please glance at the clock right now. Make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.